These are the tribulations of Paulette. It's 6 a.m. Dave and I leap out of bed simultaneously because, God forbid, we should linger one second longer than necessary in case either one of us, well, me, wanted to engage in some crack-of-dawn intimacy. In any case, there's no time for any nonsense this morning because I have a big, and I mean big, job interview. After a few false starts with LinkedIn, where my first connection was another local housewife whose profession was, quote, reader of great fiction, end quote. I finally connected with a former colleague who's now a headhunter. A PR company she represents is looking for help, and she seemed to recall that I used to be able to duke it out with the best of them. Of course, that was 10 years ago when I had a tough outer core. Wear sneakers every day and you'll soften considerably too. What's more, my current hormonal configuration has me leaving out food for the neighborhood rabbits and misting up at La Vitra commercials. A few years ago, I tried ladies' team tennis to see if I could get my edge back. I wasn't good enough to play with the younger gals, so they set me up with the over-60s set. Even Satan couldn't hold his own with that group, calling shots in when they were out and out when they were in. I ditched them because I wasn't ready to part with my soul. As a result, I'm nervous about appearing too kind and motherly to the professional world. And then there is the time factor. Can I possibly get these kids ready for school, make beds and breakfast, get the laundry going and dinner prepped before this 9 a.m. interview? I could probably do it this one time, but every day... A majority of women do it without batting an eye. Maybe I've become so hobbled by my routine that it's going to be hard to ratchet it down. Will anyone really notice if I use store-bought pie crust? My mother always said, never excel at anything you don't want to end up doing. I heard her, but I didn't listen. As I make and serve breakfast for the livestock, I notice that I might have the tiniest of hangovers. This is my husband Dave's fault because he poured me the third glass of wine last night. Here's a household hint. Wash the wine glass before you go to bed so you aren't tempted to swill that last half ounce in the morning as a caffeine chaser. I hate to waste even a smidgen of it, but then again, I can't show up with liquor on my breath at Wolf Schechter Public Relations. I'll wait till I get the job for that. I washed the wine glass and downed two Tylenols because Advil, my hangover medicine of choice, is now determined to cause strokes, according to the New York Times. I almost had a stroke reading the article. Dave is kind enough to do carpool for me, so I remind him to put the trash out and I go back upstairs to get ready for my first professional appearance in years. Frustration sets in fast because nothing fits. As a last resort, I pull on the high-waisted spanks I bought when Brian started coming over to deliver liquor. I'm able to zip up the skirt of my black funeral suit. However, now there are distribution issues. The fat that was formerly part of my stomach has inched up below my boobs. Thinking on my feet is one would expect a good PR person to do. 
I bend over and work the midriff fat up into my bra. It works, although now the bra hangs a little low on my body. I find a dark pink shirt that covers the whole business, and I'm off. On the drive into Boston, I wonder how I got such a fat stomach. Have the wine and chocolate finally caught up to me? I mean, I try to work out all the time, but my metabolism seems to have come to a standstill. With any luck, these gals I'm interviewing with will have kids and hormonal problems of their own, and they'll be forgiving. The international home of Wolf Schechter Public Relations is too fabulous for words. Wow! It's also about 500 degrees in here. Double wow in the other direction. As soon as I enter the reception area, the heat hits me like I'm opening an industrial clothes dryer in a laundromat. The receptionist is a dead ringer for the actress Shelley Duval. She wears a headset, which no doubt connects her to the nerve center of Wolf Schechter. Hi, I'm Paulette King, I say. I'm here to see Alicia Mercado. Shelley Duval smiles politely and tells me that Alicia is expecting me and to have a seat. I thumb through the agency portfolio on the coffee table and notice that Wolf Schechter is the agency that came up with the Got Milk campaign. Probably could have Googled that one beforehand. I make eye contact with Shelley Duval. You guys did Got Milk? Gee, I don't know, she says. I only just started this job. That must be why you started as the receptionist, I think to myself. <music> Meanwhile, I can't believe that anyone is able to function in this joint with the temperature as it is. Aren't you warm, I ask Shelley Duval. She holds up bare arms. She's in a sleeveless shirt and I think maybe I pegged her as stupid too soon. I peek under my jacket, and I'm alarmed to see that there are two distinct wet spots under each arm. Two seconds later, Alicia comes through the door and introduces herself. Let's go right down to Sandy Porter's office, she says. Off we go through the land of cubicles, where you can see only the top inch of everyone's head, and you can tell who needs their roots done. Sandy Porter is the executive vice president of Wolf Schechter. Her huge office overlooks the Charles River. There are framed pictures of family vacations in exotic locales all over the place. She looks like she has and does it all. She's thinner than I am, but about the same age. And she has a sassy $400 haircut and a Hillary Clinton handshake. Paulette, I'm Sandy Porter, she says. How are you? Thanks for coming in. Can we get you anything before we start? Would you like a cup of coffee? Or how about a cold tab? Wow, I say. You have tab? I'd love a tab. As Sandy dials her secretary for tab, I remember that when you have a job, people bring you stuff like lunch and tab. There are minions. This thought excites me somewhat. The tabs arrive and Alicia and Sandy open theirs without incident. Mine, unfortunately, bubbles over the top, right onto Sandy's perfectly clean glass conference table. Um, I'm so sorry. I've made a mess here, I say. Do you have a napkin? Sandy looks around, says no, not to worry about it. Then she launches into executive speak. Look, I'm sure Alicia has told you about this position and why we consider it critical that the agency move forward with new business development using our existing customer base. 
My tab can swirls in its own brown puddle, and it's hotter in here than it was in the reception area. As far as I can see, critical areas for this agency are an HVAC guy and a roll of bounty paper towels. Sandy continues to talk on and on, and now she's employing business acronyms that must have come into play in the past 10 years because I can't understand a word she's saying. Oh my God, it's so hot in here. I'm not sure I can stand it. I try to focus on Sandy's face. Then I start thinking about last night and how I always say yes to the additional cocktail. Does this mean I'm an alcoholic? Then... I wonder about the kids in the pictures on Sandy's desk. Are they all hers? Where are they right now? Probably with some nanny acting badly while mom's at work. Oh, God. I feel like I'm going to faint. Sweat stains or not, I've got to get out of this jacket. You guys might be used to this heat, but I'm not, and I'm really dying. I stand up and take off my funeral jacket slowly and stiffly so they can't see that my shirt looks like I've just completed an Ironman race. Instantly, I'm better. Woo, I say. So, you were talking about writing RFPs. Sandy and Alicia are silent. Their eyes are focused on my torso. I follow their gaze to see that my shirt has popped open to the top of the spanks. My low-slung cleavage, evidently eager to emerge, has joined the discussion. Oh my gosh, I say. I am so sorry. I try to button my shirt. Oh, that's okay, Alicia says. Don't give it a second thought. As an all-female office, we are quite familiar with hot flashes. Oh, but that wasn't a hot flash, I say, which sounds like I'm protesting too much. It's just really warm in here. Aren't you guys warm? It's then that I notice Sandy and Alicia, like Shelley Duval, the receptionist, are wearing sleeveless shirts. It's a conspiracy. Then, Sandy opens her laptop and pulls up a spreadsheet to illustrate points. And I realize that I spoke too soon. I am having a hot flash, and it's a biggie. Sweat breaks out on my upper lip. Sandy still speaks in acronyms like some corporate alien. And then suddenly she stops and leans over the table to me. Are you all right, she says. You look really pale. Yes, um, I mean, no, I say dizzy. Maybe it's the tab. It's been so long since I've... And as I start to get up, the room goes black. The last thing I remember is a pair of well-toned sleeveless arms reaching out to break my fall. And Sandy Stone, in her sweet southern accent, yelling the only acronym I recognized all day. O-M-F... G. The game's all here. This is Eric Fontana. Next time, the public domain. Till then, ta-ta. Yeah.